0: back to the archives podcast my name is Noah and you don't hear Gavin right now but you might in just a little bit but to, to fill the void there I've got two very special guests returning once again in pretty quick succession uh to the Archives podcast the brothers Blanchard say hello
1: hello hello how folks. you doing folks I am Matthew Blanchard as always this is my brother Patrick say hello Patrick
2: well, I mean, you just, you, you took my name. Like you're <laughs> supposed to say, this is my brother. And then I go Patrick J. Blanchard. And, and we- then you go and
0: we're the brothers Blanchard.
1: And we are the brothers Blanchard. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I ruined the cadence.
0: It's all, I'm it's all great. I'm new things. Maybe, hey,
1: it's, uh, maybe, maybe we need to get a new rhythm. That's all.
2: No. Yep.
0: These boy, These boys are a little rusty. They're a little rusty, but they're getting back in potting shape as it were. And uh, you're going to be hearing a lot more from them, more on that later. But what we're here to do, uh, and Gavin, again, may join us later. I know he's got some thoughts, but uh, we're going to discuss the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a full like week after it ended. We've had some time to reflect, uh, get our thoughts together. And uh, we we talked a bit about WandaVision uh, a teeny tiny bit, I feel like, when we did our Justice League episode but we can bit, definitely touch on like the the televised MCU thus far as a whole, if you want to, I don't know where yeah. you guys want to take the conversation. Uh, we can definitely do a, just out of the gate. How are we feeling? Which, which series, if you had to pit them directly against each other, which one did you have more fun with? Which did you think was more successful overall? You know?
1: Well, I, I think those two questions have two very different answers, right? Like, mm-hmm. I had more fun with Wandavision, for sure. But uh, the 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 one that I felt was stronger, more successful, was uh, I'm sorry, Captain America: The Winter Soldier.
0: So, as it will be referred to, spoilers for the retitle. Yes, Uh, one of my favorite moments. I guess that was their equivalent of. uh, Oh, and one more thing: we're making a Boba Fett series. That was their their move. Pretty touch of class though. That was a nice, nice moment. Really played. Uh,
1: Absolutely, Pat, and, Patrick. You know, you're, if you're, oh, if that ahead. spoils it for you, you shouldn't be listening to this.
0: Yes, uh, yeah. Obviously, it's a week out. I, I, I don't think anybody was waiting to see how this one ended. So, Patrick, what did you think overall between the uh, two?
2: Uh, they each hit differently, particularly for me, because I've never in the history of me in comics been a wanda or vision fan right and then that series came along and suddenly i'm like oh there's viability here and oh the scarlet witch is actually scary wanda Mm -hmm. scares me like there was there was character development there was arcs there was there was everything that has been lacking from the character in my view for as long as i've been uh reading comics uh and then but but it was just it was and and it played with the convention i love television that plays with the convention of television Mm -hmm. and uh the each era of of uh sitcom that they embraced those are eras that i grew up watching right so it was tense with nostalgia mixed with the convention twist and then the, the the moments where it's like that is subtly creepy Like, it's uh, Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy meets the creepy episodes of The Outer Limits. Um, And then there's, uh, and I'm still going to call it by its production title, uh, Falcon and the Winter Snowman. Oh, the Winter Snowman. I did it. I did it. (laughs) Or, or as I have been referring uh, to Matthew when we discuss it. Uh, Hey did you watch Sam and Bucky this week
0: Sam and Bucky I like that we could have Called it Sam and Bucky we could also just Called it the Falcon because As as much as this was billed as Like a a buddy cop team up Sort of thing this was really Sam's show which I was happy to see Yeah Uh, but I you know I I enjoy the filmic interpretation of, of Bucky across the movies and The series now but he's not like That's not why I like Loved the show to the extent that I did and I I definitely I have more problems with it than I do WandaVision but those at the same time don't necessarily hamper my enjoyment I'm kind of warring with wanting to pat Marvel and and Disney on the back for like actually engaging with a lot of the stuff that they did in the series while also feeling like it's kind of the bare minimum and it's a little muddled in what it's actually trying to say and some of it is downright to me antithetical to what the message they think they're trying to send i don't know so well, it's just but the like fact did, that sorry it's
2: just like you have described marvel comics <laughs> yes
0: exactly um yeah. but to the extent that i was more would you say riled up by this one and had more of those kind of thoughts? I think I was a bit more engaged on a, like a a thematic level than I was with what WandaVision is ultimately about. Like I've seen a lot of television shows that are about grief. um, And one of them happens to be one of my top three favorite shows of all time, the leftovers. And so I, I enjoy that as a kind of overall thematic conceit. I enjoyed, as you said, the very nostalgic trip through the different eras of sitcoms and all of that. Uh, And emotionally where I connected to it was their relationship. But overall, and the kind of nature of how that one wrapped up, I was like, but it was kind of just a nice little bubble. And I don't know how much like it's very self-contained at the end of the day. It, it didn't have and this definitely has more of a globe trotting like big different aesthetic I enjoyed how how different they were frankly and I think we're all kind of echoing that but we Absolutely. can get into into Falcon proper and explore the issue I don't know if you guys want to go kind of sequentially through the season before we started rolling I did mention our last episode Snyder Cut uh, we all had middling so semi positive takes on it uh, But I sat down and watched the first episode of Falcon. I saved it until like the Sunday after it dropped. And I had watched uh, Snyder Cut on that Thursday. We recorded Friday. So I saved it for myself. And the opening kind of action set piece, the first like 10, 15 minutes, very Falcon centric and frankly thrilling. Basically like could have been the climax of any of like the phase one Marvel movies. And it's like, they're really laying it on the table. All right. From the get-go to the point where I was like, that opening was more engaging than the four hours I spent with Snyder Cut just from a pure action perspective. So I immediately was like, all right, I'm digging this. I'm I'm on board. And I I loved that we still didn't even get the two of them together until the end of the first episode. I liked the time of actually like getting to know them as individuals again, getting reintroduced to them as it were. Indeed,
1: uh, I also like about that that opening fight that it it is more deft storytelling from the word jump than uh-huh. kind of Zack Snyder's entire four hour oov there, right? right? Because without even making it overt, he's we're directly comparing one version of Captain America to another by having them both confront Batroc at the beginning of their big spy adventure right uh-huh. by seeing how sam is able to fight him in the helicopter versus say how steve fought him on the lemurian star at the beginning of captain america and the winter soldier we're kind of ab- you know we're we're able to butt our heads up against Batrock as kind of the litmus test of can sam physically do what steve does uh-huh. but we don't actually even call it out and i think that's kind of that's just well handled
3: mm-hmm uh-huh.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. To the point where I hadn't even like totally put that together, but yeah, it is kind of like, yeah, run this obstacle course, prove your, prove your capabilities, uh, yep. from the, from the word show, uh, ha- what is your level of engagement with Anthony Mackie outside of the Marvel franchise? Were you a fan when he joined or did you become aware of him via the MCU?
2: I became aware of him because of the MCU mm-hmm. okay um, uh, I've
1: been aware uh, of him since you know uh he had uh parents with a real good marriage uh in uh, eight mile
0: okay yeah um I think eight mile probably the first time I saw him don't know that he like fully registered as like oh the main takeaway from that movie so if I'm being right. honest it was probably around 2006 2005. Did you guys ever see half Nelson with Ryan Gosling no. um, indie drama uh, high school history teacher slash uh, girls basketball coach is secretly addicted to crack. Basically um, Ryan Gosling said teacher Anthony Mackey is his drug dealer who is the uh, mm. kind of surrogate father figure for the young girl at the school that he starts to form a relationship with anyways. Fantastic movie. Gosselin got an Oscar nomination. Highly recommend you check it out. But that was the first time I was like, who the hell is this guy? And I have pretty much followed Anthony Mackie since. Love him as an actor and love that he finally got like the chance to, I'm going to do the pun, spread his wings and, and really stretch out with the character over the course of six episodes. That was nice. Also side note, if you guys have not seen Synchronic from last year, It is on Netflix now. Great little indie sci-fi movie. Uh, The guys who did The Endless and Resolution. I don't know if you guys saw either of those. Great low-budget indie horror, horror horror-adjacent. More sci-fi than horror. Highly recommend all of those. Uh, But yeah, check out Synchronic when you have a moment. Very interesting movie, and he's fantastic in it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that
2: this freaking list that. keeps growing, and growing oh yeah and growing. i know list. doesn't list it never, uh, yeah never, uh, so list. half
0: nelson synchronic um what else did i watch recently i'm just kidding okay uh I think right. I'll
2: so finally i check out pie because it's okay. on hbo max
0: solid movie i have complicated feelings about aronofsky these days but uh it's it's a pretty solid debut I mean I've only, I've only been meaning to watch it for over for what 20, like 20, 20 years? 22 20 years, like yeah. Yeah, the movie's the movie's old, very old now. Uh okay, but anyway, so I I was amped for Mackie in this series. Sebastian Stan as Bucky. Uh, again, I think he's solid, but I'm not like I'm not a Sebastian right. Stan stan. I'm just not. It's, you know, I'm not. Right. So, uh but I was surprised how invested I was in him with like just the opening episode of the reveal of like, he's trying to make good on his past wrongdoings and the character redemption arc and all of that, that really played for me. I don't know. I think part of this is the the six episode runtime. I feel like some of, some of the plotting and I'm sure we can get into the flag smashers of it all. I don't know how you guys feel about that aspect of the story, but that's where uh, narratively, I think a lot of things uh, get short shrift and therefore a lot of characters get short shrift and so do their arcs overall. For um, sure, for sure. And um, I'm sure you guys have more knowledge on- that Go ahead.
1: Some of that is from uh, the COVID recuts. That's,
0: and that's what I've heard and I wanted to talk to you guys about because I know you probably have more on the behind the scenes, the production side of things is- A bit. I, I've not really paid attention to it, but I know there were edits- Given COVID and everything, and was this originally conceived as eight, like WandaVision, or
1: we were told it was going to be eight, and then or was WandaVision nine? They came back. It was eight or nine. I can't remember yeah. the total number. You're right. Uh, but after the shutdown, when they said that they were able to start shooting again, that's when they said that they were they were going to make it. You know, whatever the story allowed was going to derive how many episodes it was um the rumor is that there was a an entire subplot with the flag smashers that was about a pandemic Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and that's why it got cut um however there's no there's no evidence of that uh in in what we saw and at this point marvel is saying that that's not actually the case like the other day the uh what's his name spellman uh the the showrunner who's now uh writing captain america 4 I
0: think it's malcolm uh, he Spelman. was in an
1: interview so yeah i think it's Spellman. yeah no Black you got him it is his first name i
0: think it's yeah. malcolm or marcus i'm not sure i'm confirming right
1: now malcolm yes i think it's i believe it is malcolm uh but he was saying that that wasn't actually the case Um, but then again that could be one of those contractual obligation things where you have to say (laughs) that no there wasn't a pandemic storyline right I don't know Um, but uh, I don't think the flag smashers were particularly that weak Mm -hmm. compared to what we've we've seen as narrative elements in Captain America stories so far
3: Okay. okay
0: I think that's a fair assessment at the same time. Yeah. Maybe I should lower my expectations. Uh, Cause yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, winter soldier, like loved it when it came out, but like what was really going on there? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of talking to computers and as, stuff.
1: It's toward the top.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I'm that, saying that yeah. I'm saying that, but it, it coasts on the energy of like, it's a spy thriller. We're going from this location to that location. And you don't get too caught up in thinking about the moment to moment plotting or like if it all hangs together. And I think this manages to have that energy while still giving you time for character development, like some really, really ground level hero shit that we, I feel like has been kind of lost in the last few phases of the MCU. Uh, You get a little taste of it with the first Spider-Man, but even the second one is kind of moving more into a a grandiose territory. This, these huge stakes and everything. But I mean, having like Sam in a loan office in the first, first episode is like such an interesting way to take it. And I immediately was like, all right, there's something else at play here. And as we start to get the, the Isaiah Bradley reveal shortly in, you know, further into the season, when that was initially kind of dropped, I was like, okay, very interesting. This this is, this is could go a lot of different places. But until you guys, quote unquote, deliver on it, it might just feel like this kind of half-assed element. Now, thankfully, it did. And that is the one thing that I think is my main takeaway from this show, is the arc that they pulled off there. And again, even with that arc, I'm still kind of warring with myself of like, was this like truly good and like really thought provoking and all the great things that I kind of want to think it is, or was this like the most Disney-fied version of that that could exist in this universe? Is it, is it only as good as they can muster um, or allow quote unquote yeah. without, cause they don't want to step on any toes. Um, cause at the end of the uh, day, yeah. we want every, we want, you know, billions of dollars worth of people to keep seeing these movies and engaging with these pieces of IP, and absolutely, you've seen it in all these different fandoms of stuff. That like, whenever, whenever anything gets too too touchy, some some people immediately have they get that out of my popular entertainment. They don't want to engage Absol- with it at all. Absolutely. and I think you saw that and with this, yeah. this. Yes, yes, right? absolutely. Like,
1: this is threading a needle that has already been threaded once. And did not go over well, right? In the comics, uh, I want to say three years ago, four years ago, Badger.
2: Um four or five. You, actually, yeah, you are, you, are, you are dipping into the era where I stopped really caring about comics. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: Disengaged. just hoping back me up on when Secret Empire was. Uh it, uh, it, it, it feels like
2: ago. it was 20 years ago, uh, That's but true. I know it was more like Four and a half ish. Um,
1: right before uh, everything got kind of crazy, um, Steve got D A got uh, the super soldier serum removed from him again, mm-hmm. and had to pass on the shield again. And he did the right thing, just like he did in Endgame, and gave the shield to Sam. And immediately the fan reaction was exactly like you hope it would be,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So much right. they
1: leaned into it in the actual story. Um, but that's one of those cases of Marvel being Marvel. And it happened in the middle of the all new, all different Marvel, uh, where they were trying to introduce new versions of legacy characters and fans didn't react well. So they cut that short. Uh, started, you know, kind of revising everything and then suddenly they brought Steve Rogers back, had two Captain Americas simultaneously and basically did everything they could to make Steve the central figure and then made him a Hydra agent. It was was a whole bad thing that just nobody uh, enjoyed it. And you had a group of fans who were like, "Get, uh, get the fascism out of my Steve Rogers. And then you had this other group that was like uh sam wilson can't be captain america and mm-hmm. they're all just screaming at marvel so i could see why marvel would want to in the cinematic version take a step back and, and very carefully
0: and see that, that that's actually making a lot more sense that as much as i'm wanting to go oh, it's the disney of it all but it's like no that that conceivably is what happened in house and that actually adds a lot of context to some of my issues. And I, I guess I'm a little more forgiving right off the bat just from hearing that. That makes a lot of sense actually. Uh,
1: and I, I think that uh, I can't remember who it was, um, but I, I was reading interviews in the first couple of weeks and I think it was, I think it was Mackie himself who was like, if Sam had stepped out of uh, end game in a captain America costume half the audience would hate it and it wouldn't feel earned. Mm -hmm. Uh, So exactly what you need to do is let him earn that moment and win everybody over at once. Um, Particularly what I really dug about that is the way that they went about it was so Captain America. Um, If you look, we we were talking about WandaVision earlier. The two main big moments where our characters kind of have the Marvel version of a resolution are so perfectly tied to the, the, the comic uh, iterations, right? Like everything with vision hinging on uh, a, a theological slash teleological debate between two visions over who's the real vision using the ship of Theseus is the perfect comic vision mm-hmm. argument. Captain America proving to the world that he's Captain America by giving a speech that he doesn't even know he's giving as he's being recorded surreptitiously. That's Captain America. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. It's it was the perfect synergy of the comic versions coming into the films uh, and the television series. But there's a lot to talk about in between where we were and the end. But I think that those two little moments really kind of connected in a in a in a big bad way to the comics.
2: Mm-hmm see for, for me um with regards to to comics um i grew up in an era of collecting and reading comics uh where there there's a time uh in the run where sam wilson is not important
3: mm-hmm. uh
2: sam wilson disappears for a while uh the the title the comic cover was named captain america and the falcon like it 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 changed the 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 title on the on the comic and then it, then it went away. Uh I don't know why that was right that was in the early 80s when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh late 70s and early 80s, so uh I really didn't follow it. So for me, Sam Wilson I've really only experienced him uh through the lens of the MCU. Uh and then uh then there's the winter soldier uh who as i was getting out of (laughs) comics uh they were like hey let's create it let's 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 make a great idea there there are there's one major rule in comics everybody been everybody can come back from the dead except uncle ben and bucky Mm -hmm. and they broke the damn rule (laughs) they retconned everything and there's the winter soldier and uh as i would leaf through comics uh and not buy them because they were pissing me off (laughs) and i I was just uh i the the price and the shift and and there's there's a shift in art which i did not enjoy like the the style of art was no longer what i had embraced and what the industry had embraced uh since like 78 Uh, I know I sound like an old man uh, here saying, no, it's not my comics anymore. But no, literally, it was not my comics anymore. uh, There's a bunch of storytelling at the time I could get behind, but the art was driving me up the wall.
0: Are we talking like kind of Ultimates era? Is that what we're or when? I'm sorry.
2: It's post Ultimates. Okay. uh, Bridging towards the end of Ultimates. It's uh, when that who's? who's the the daredevil guy alex malieve alex malieve and david and david max art right because i didn't like max art either
1: david mac was most of that was painted work uh you're thinking mostly of of when uh the uh why am i blanking on his name uh just he jumped ship went over to brian michael bendis yeah bendis uh, when Bendis took over Daredevil and uh, Maliv took over the arts art on Daredevil, the style across Marvel kind of followed suit and became this ultra photorealistic, where possible, desaturated colors, kind of kind of muddled artwork that you know tried to give a sense of of realism to Marvel mm-hmm. at a point when Marvel was anything but realistic.
2: Yeah. Uh, and they brought the Winter Soldier back. They brought Bucky and it, back, yes. and they Bucky. and they brought Bucky back. And God, and then like he didn't die. Like this is my thing. All right, so they're bringing him back. They're going to screw with Cap, and then they're going to kill him again. So mm-hmm. that and it's going to be in front of Cap, or through something that Cap can't prevent, because it's cyclical. It's come time around for Steve Rogers to suffer again. Uh, it, it's a very cyclical nature with uh, Captain America. That he's he's got like four years of ultra super patriotism and nice guy,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: uh, and then uh, he suffers greatly for like two years, and then it repeats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they I didn't kill it. him. They <laughs> kept they kept Bucky, and there's nothing in the comics that I can ever ever find about Bucky that I enjoyed. Well, excuse me, Winter Soldier. I like you know uh, Captain America's Robin, because that's what Bucky was.
1: and you can argue that that's exactly why they brought bucky back because bucky as winter soldier came back at right around the same time that jason todd came back as the red hood
0: interesting is um and this is this is brew baker that we're talking about right Mm -hmm. yep okay Uh, have either of you listened to i guess a couple weeks ago i think it was mid-run on falcon winter soldier uh fat man on batman they had Brubaker on. Did you catch this?
2: I'll I'll be honest. It, it, it is very hard for me uh, to sit down and listen to podcasts mm-hmm. because I feel like I should be doing something else. This works for me making them, right? Uh, because I'm actively tol- engaged. But I totally
0: I- understand that. I, I I use them to like they're in my it's in my ears while I'm doing whatever I need to be doing for the day, kind of. Um, usually in the car, I go podcast over music these days. I, you know, I have my days where I still listen to music and stuff, but anyways, um, I, so I guess I'll, I'll boil it down because I've got, I was going to be like, well, you should go check it out, but I'll just give you the gist. <laughs> um, He talked very openly about the feeling that like, Hey, you guys like brought him into the winter soldier. He was, You know, also fairly big in Civil War as well. He's been kind of a fan favorite character. All of this is based off of like my storyline and story arcs. Where's my fucking check, basically? Um, And he I mean, he essentially like names names and like he's, you know, he's very out in front with it for about a half an hour on this podcast. And it's like at at the point when that was recorded, he was like, I haven't watched the show. Uh, you know, I'll probably watch it like a year from now, maybe. But it's like I have no—I'm not excited to like watch my character and everything, and well, just know that like, oh, everybody's loving this. It's the biggest show on television right now, and I, I, I like haven't been properly compensated
3: for
2: well, it. very he, interesting. I know conversation. But te- technically, he has been properly compensated mm-hmm. because work for si- hire. Yeah, he, yeah it's yeah. work for hire. Exactly. Signed a contract mm-hmm. for a character that while he created the winter soldier, he'd layered that on top of Bucky Barnes who was created in 1941.
0: And that is also an aspect that he of course does not mention one time, but of course, um, but yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting. And of course, Kevin Smith was like, so bummed. He's like the, you know, that's that sucks that the one guy who should be the most excited to be watching this series has no interest in it whatsoever. Um, but now,
2: yeah. but but to to go back to where I was and, and the yes, please. Much like with WandaVision and the Scarlet Witch and Vision, the show has made me care about
0: Bucky. Okay, so quite the quite the feat. If you said you didn't enjoy any of that that any stretch of, of the comics, gotcha. Um,
2: but he's st- he is still not my in to the series. Mm-hmm. My in to the series is Mister John Walker. Okay, let,
0: yes, let the John Walker conversation begin. Because
2: Uh, when I started collecting comics, it was directly during the time where in comics, he replaced Captain America. We replaced Steve Rogers as Captain America. And Steve was running around uh, as the captain, Uh, which when he was the captain, somebody made him a new suit that looks exactly like the end suit for John Walker.
3: Hmm. Uh, i have a and, note on the
0: suit i want to get to continue sorry
2: and uh uh his good friend tony stark uh created him a new uh it was a a vibranium adamantine shield uh because he couldn't get the specs right for the first shield because the design specs have been lost uh, since mm-hmm. the 40s. Uh, so he he knew what it was made of. But he couldn't do it. So he's like, so he cheated. He's like, uh, let me take uh you know vibranium and adamantium because they're kind of the same thing, and I'll give you this new one. And it took Steve like a while to adjust to it. Uh, there was some stuff going on with Tony at the time called the Armor Wars, but that's a that's another
0: okay. podcast. Yeah, I'm familiar, vaguely familiar with the Armor Wars. Yes.
1: And then uh, and it's I believe going to be another podcast because. <laughs> Armor Wars is the title of the Iron Man uh Disney Plus series.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Well, there we go. Uh, but I don't know which armor wars they're they're drawing from, because there have been right. three armor wars. Absolutely. But we um, will
1: have to talk about armor wars at some point. Starring, Don, starring Don Cheadle. Yeah. It's it's gonna have to
2: happen no matter what the, the base storyline is. But yeah. so that was that was there, this was the time that I was getting into comics. I was 12 years old when this was going on and i hated every second of john walker but i loved the storytelling (laughs) at the time because much like uh what death and return of superman uh five to six years later did and what um uh batman nighty night (laughs) did nighty night
1: (laughs) on recording i love this all right the world will finally hear (laughs) our derisive nickname for the night quest nights and nightfall Fall saga <laughs> uh,
0: gavin that, is not here to defend it that's like three of his favorite runs you're talking about right there dude he um, loves it you know, all I, he loves I, the I whole will saga. stand up
1: a little bit and defend it it's a good run and it does the same thing that 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 the john walker run attempted to do five years earlier but it's the same basic premise let's Let's create a darker version of the character so that we can remind our audience why they like the original version in the first place. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and 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 that's... that's uh, I feel it does it better than Nighty Night uh, yeah. and l- less than... equal to less than uh, Death and Return of Superman because uh, Superman is the icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like
3: captain america yes. Also, that
1: series has a deconstructionist uh, bent to it where it, it boils superman down into each of his main constituent parts yeah. and shows you a darker version of each of them before reassembling it, into, it it's there's a lot more work going on in that text
3: mm-hmm. it,
1: it works on many more levels than 99 work <laughs> in and... america to be fair
2: And much like uh, your complaint about certain subject matter you feel only going so far, Mm -hmm. uh, that actually happened in this run. uh, Because when John Walker became uh, Captain America, his good friend Lamar uh, came along as the new Bucky. Okay. And he wore uh, an adult version of the Bucky costume, which was much like the Robin costume. Uh, mm-hmm. like if if you if you take the robin costume and you color it uh blue and red you got bucky mm-hmm. uh so but they gave him pants at least <laughs> right and uh for like four issues he's going around he's, he's working with cap and finally uh he has a, a conversation with val Coop, val cooper uh head of uh uh unhuman uh or metahuman or uh superhero affairs uh she, she plays a part later in a, a bunch of comics, and I'm really surprised she hasn't shown up in the MCU because uh, she'd be a great character to exploit, but I think she may have fallen under the purview of uh, the Fox deal uh, with the X-Men. Oh, God, I know too much about characters. <laughs> um, but he makes a comment where he's like, I am a black man running around with people calling me Bucky.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then two frames later, he comes out of office in his new Battlestar outfit.
3: Okay. Uh,
2: because uh, Bucky is a derogatory term
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, used for African-Americans in the 30s and 40s. Uh, and they were they were commenting on that in 86, 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then he became Battlestar. Okay. Uh, but this this was the deconstruction of captain america uh a, a captain america who was embracing the the reagan rambo of it all yeah um and was uh dealing uh uh in a comic book way with uh uh stories of that now seems so president uh, of nationalism and mm-hmm. uh extreme right-wingism uh that uh that that border between hey man you've gone a little bit crazy to oh Mm -hmm. my god you're a fucking nazi Mm -hmm. uh and that's that's where they were and they, they were tying it into uh at the time on in in the overall marvel universe and i i know i'm I'm deep in the weeds here guys i'll I'll get out of it soon
0: dude i'm Uh, loving every single second of it so continue uh,
2: and it it was tied up into the the mutant registration act where congress Mm -hmm. at the time uh in marvel uh if you were (laughs) if you were a mutant you were supposed to register with the government uh and uh so that they could have a list of your powers and everything because uh they felt that mutants uh were weapons of mass destruction uh even if you only had the mutant power to you know uh understand every language mm-hmm. uh, poor guy but um and then years later when uh, the superheroes uh had to register uh, in civil war uh suddenly every on the internet every x-men fan of a certain age was like fuck you (laughs) i remember the i remember the mutant registration act and
3: Mm -hmm.
2: the mutants the x-men really did not engage in uh civil war except for wolverine because he was an avenger at the time but uh their whole thing was like hey because they
0: need him to sell books that's why he was in there
2: but they're like uh registration man we already played this game and Mm -hmm. uh wanda over there just like uh took us down to like 212 the other day so we're uh <laughs> we're not we're not we're not walking on this line here tony cap fight it out mm-hmm. um but the, the the cap stories at the time were in and and it was written they were all written by mark grunwald um uh, it was just a a a comment on on late 80s rambo reaganism and how we thought that's what we wanted. We, we wanted gung-ho. We wanted, and this was the era of the Punisher becoming extremely popular.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: everyone's like, we don't need Cap, we need the Punisher. And uh, so Grunwald was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a Cap. Uh, John Walker actually started out, uh, the, the beginning of the story is he started out as a, a, a nationalist uh, semi-villain who beat the living crap out of Steve in a parking lot. Uh, which started the whole process. Steve no longer felt he could keep up. He's like this younger generation with their augmentations uh, just are more powerful than my super soldier serum. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What they're getting from the power broker is beyond me. And this is the, uh, it's not the introduction of the power broker, but this is where he kind of shifted and became a nefarious figure as opposed to a figure who was giving people superpowers uh, for a uh, WWF type uh, galaxy wrestling event and yeah it was this time uh also that uh ronald reagan uh was in captain america as president of the united states and turned into a snake person that's right a snake person uh because the the viper society no the snake society was taking over washington dc uh and diamondback uh uh, a female character, uh, decided to turn against her fellow villains and side with Captain America, and she became a Captain America sidekick through much of the early 90s. Um, I was really hoping to see Diamondback in the new series, but she didn't show up. Uh, but uh, John Walker, is he's my, he's my through-point character because I experienced all that in the formative years of comics. Uh, right. I missed out on Sam, and Winter Soldier was still a good 20 years off. And sure. And I wanted, I wanted things to happen differently. I, I wanted to be like, "Come on, give me r- redeem John Walker for me." Just, just, mm-hmm. just. I, in a way, so, they did. I know, okay. but they didn't do it. Uh, they didn't do it. John Walker always lets me down. John Walker always <laughs> makes me bring tears to my eyes because right. there's a moment where it's like, "You can be Captain America. You can be Captain America." Oh, really? You, you you, lo- you lit those guys on fire and you walked away you're,
3: you're not captain america <laughs> you
2: mm-hmm. can be captain america you can be captain america you've got the shield in your hand you can put him down and take him in for questioning oh that was episode four and you just did what you did
3: mm-hmm. yeah you i will captain say the
1: john walker is still much more reigned in much closer to the actual legacy of cap um and has the potential to maybe not be as extreme as as marvel's uh marvel comics's john walker yes but now that he's got now that he's a u.s agent of course they might just take that as license to to go full tilt i hope not but they very uh clearly could
0: so quick story i had uh plethora of of comics action figures when i was a kid and i distinctly remember a what i would come to find out was a us agent figure but in my mind was just like oh it's just cap it's a cool looking version of cap all right about 3 or 4 years i'm still playing with figures at this time but probably like 3 or 4 years after that i get what i be- must have been probably it's like a 50th anniversary uh annual I think it was like it had a republished uh the first issue and then it was essentially like an encyclopedia for the world of cap and all of his villains, all of the sub characters like and in-depth descriptions of them kind of timelines over like big arcs and stuff that had happened like a big, uh, yeah, I'm assuming like 50th anniversary spectacular issue that I had as a kid right. Um, still have in my collection. And that was the first time I was like, Oh, this black-suited guy, the black and red, the figure that I like so much that I've played with for years, that's this this John Walker guy. Who's John Walker? And then that was the first time I ever was like, wait, there's there's other people that were Captain America? Like sometimes sometimes it's not the other guy? And it's like that was my introduction to sometimes the mantle gets passed to different people over the course right. of comics runs, but inevitably they usually come back, as you mentioned, to the old favorites. They gotta remind you what you liked about them. And they they definitely did that here. Let's talk about the Wyatt Russell of it all. Uh sure. Obviously, yes. we are um, I think we're all uh... pretty big uh fans of, of his father, but I don't know that we've ever spoken about him. He's he's been out there in the in the Hollywood landscape for a couple years now. Uh, I don't know how much you've seen of the guy, but I'm, I'm a big fan. And I got to be honest, when he stepped out at the end of the first episode, I was like, who the fuck is that? I, I could not tell it was him. I had no idea that he was going to be in the series. I had not seen that in any of the casting, et cetera. Um, and it was only I after I meet-
1: I had no idea yes, that, it was, I, that it was him.
0: I immediately- went and of course looked like, okay, who's playing John Walker? Wh- who is this guy, et cetera. And I was like, oh, well, now that now that I see it, I can't unsee it. And I said this to Gavin on a previous episode. It was all of a sudden a like glimpse into an alternate timeline where uh, Matt Salinger was not cast back in the 90s, but instead Kurt Russell was cast as Captain America uh, back in the day. And it it was it was unmistakable. And of course, I could not get that out of my head. So the, the bulk of this series was me basically like, Oh, this is, this is how Kurt would have played it, like you know, 30 years ago. This is incredible. I love well, I love
2: every second of it. This is yeah. this is the first time where I've seen him that it, it he the, the Kurt Russell-ness of it finally kicked. Yes.
0: Oh, oh no, I a hundred percent agree with you there. Yeah. Yes.
2: Because when when I looked it up and like i always forget that he's a russell Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't register that he's a russell russell
3: Mm -hmm.
2: because i'm always like dude that's the aging pitcher who is trying to stay in college and everybody wants him.
0: fantastic movie that was my first exposure to him and i was like oh this is kurt russell's kid okay okay i like what i'm seeing here okay and uh, he steals uh, the show It like inarguably steals that movie
2: yes well that's that's uh that he that's another podcast
0: yes whenever you guys want to do the link later uh revisit it let me know i'm totally down uh, huge fan big fan even though even some of the bombs huge I fan
2: i don't know if i can ever watch the first one again
0: gazing confused
2: no that's the second one
0: oh excuse uh sorry
2: uh it's the oh, you're
0: saying you're saying his first period um slacker excuse me
2: yeah slacker i i guess I, I didn't realize slacker. what you were
0: saying i thought you meant like the first everybody wants some which oh, is no. confused i, no, I, I got they, you
2: I'm, I'm, uh, with, oh. with everybody wants some, i'm still pissed that uh the while played by a different actor that the guy going to college isn't uh
0: isn't wooderson well, hey, is it is, or what yeah yeah isn't wooderson they could have like made it directly connected yes yeah. it's, it's spiritual spiritual
2: sequel but, uh, but yeah, I don't know if I can ever go back to Slacker. I had hard time watching it when I watched it.
0: Oh, big, big fan, big fan. Love them all. Give me Waking Life, dude. Give me the weird ones. Give me Scanner Darkly. That's, again, as you said, another podcast. I don't mean to turn this into a Richard Linklater Absolutely. retrospective. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we got there, but we did, and At I'm glad way, we. I'm we glad do we still could.
1: have to do the the Kevin Smith revisited that we've been. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Four years.
0: You guys could like to, be really here to today. That before You guys could much. start that as as your as your first series, and I can just guest on it like regularly, and it, or maybe it's just a three man pod. I don't know.
1: Well, I'm, you know, I I don't disagree with that as an idea for a starting point. We'll discuss that later.
0: Okay, sure. we got the creative juices flowing, so yeah, let's go. Anyways,
1: but back to Todd thirty four sixty five version two, <laughs> um, which. <laughs> was that's what i loved about wyatt russell playing a super soldier was Uh he'd already done that he played young kurt russell in In, is it
0: soldier yeah yeah yeah. i i'm assuming that's his first acting role role. yes he was born to play this role uh yeah, I thought he killed it uh, from a performance standpoint. And there was a lot of discourse online over like, oh, I hate him. And it's like, well, that's because he's doing an effective job. It's a great performance. I do, if we can, you know, we're jumping around. I do have a bit of an issue. And I think, again, it's a it's a truncation of plot thing. I, f- I feel like the the penultimate episode builds to like a conclusion where I was like, oh, shit, we're about to like. into the climax of this right now and boom cut to credits and i was invigorated so amped to go into the finale and within that they're trying to all of a sudden tie a bow on a lot of different threads all at once and the john walker of it all in that situation i loved the moment of do i continue this personal vendetta or do i actually do what i I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be capped. This is what I supposedly wanted. Do I save these people right now? And ultimately making that decision. He's got a great like bit of, you know, tete-a-tete with, with Bucky afterwards about Abraham Lincoln. And it's like, Oh, he kind of redeemed himself. They took this guy who I was like, fuck this guy loving the performance, but fuck this guy. And all of a sudden I'm like, all right, I could see him being a a part of the MCU going forward as a, a you know, not a reluctant hero, but a one who has some stigma around him, if you will. And I was like, okay, we're off on good footing. And then ending with the U S agent of it all, I felt like was a more sinister kind of robbed the, the redemption angle of what was going on, even though I don't fully know where they're going to take julia louis dreyfus and all that side of the story or if that's going to be a a big filmic element or if that's just going to be something to return to in the in the tv verse the streaming verse i guess it's not on television yeah
1: a couple of couple of pieces to kind of dovetail on that uh Mm -hmm. for context um one of the things that uh the internet has jumped on the contessa for it immediately has gone into the, the Madam Hydra of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she, yes, she was one of many Madam Hydras. Um, however, uh, she was also a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent for like 20 years before they ever made her a double agent, right? Mm-hmm. So Marvel could be pulling from any version of her, right? So she could actually still end up being just sort of a, a, another shady operative sort of a, a, a shadier version of Nick Fury. Could be happening.
2: I don't um, think they're pulling from Contessa, Nick Fury girlfriend era. Well, you don't know that
1: for sure.
0: What an interesting pairing those two actors would be together.
2: I
1: would be here for that. S- Sam Jackson
0: and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, man? Yes. Fuck yes. That, where's that um, series? Seriously. Where is that series?
1: <laughs> Coming in 2023 Disney+. Plus. No. Yeah, <laughs> never. And
0: can you guys no, exactly. actually move it over go to, to Hulu and things. make it rated R and let the two of them curse? Because that would be that would be great.
1: But Have you well, got where I was and also Jules go going
0: toe to toe. Anyways, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> all about that. Um, but yeah, so we don't know where that's necessarily going to go. But um, the showrunner was—he's uh, been doing a bunch of interviews this week, obviously, because it's the week after, and he can talk process story which is always fun and kind of talk about what he's setting up for captain captain america for now that that's been announced but one of the things he was saying about john walker is that he wanted to let john walker off the hook a little bit easy as sort of meta text for For how season has been about um because while this is all it has been about the the struggle of sam accepting that he is a black man and captain america at the same time he wanted to comment that there are also always going to be people like john walker who can irredeemably fuck up and get a second chance
0: exactly just by
1: virtue of being
0: yeah who can cold-blooded murder an alleged terrorist in front of a crowd of people for then billions to see and and walk away with avoiding a court martial somehow that is that is the definition of white privilege without like screaming it at the top of their lungs without being like blatantly obvious about it but yes to yeah. the point where i was like seriously like i figured okay we're going to throw him in the mcu jail yeah. right now like i, I don't but know that how was this even proceeds. the point was to take yeah. that
1: moment where you already you already had the comment like okay this is the privilege of his station that he got away And then they put the button on it and go, and he can still keep doing it.
0: Right. Yes. And that's the, that's the top of episode five. Correct. Which again, I said earlier, the penultimate, I think is by far the standout episode of the show, but yeah, that transitions into the Isaiah Bradley of it all. And again, when they returned to that and really like gave it some weight and some depth and started having these very honest Frank as Frank, as again, a, a, big splashy made sensibly made for everybody show can be with like really saying saying flat out at one point they will never let a black man be Captain America and actually okay we've chosen to engage with like what this means we're not just like throwing you into it as he said he would, it wouldn't have felt like he earned it so coming full circle on that and him kind of taking all of that in, but ultimately deciding, well, I still got to keep fighting because these are my prints. I'm like, what's the point in all of this that's come before all the suffering that's happened if I don't? I thought that all really super rang true. The, I mentioned it earlier, the kind of like muddled politics of it all, a bit of the Flag Smasher stuff, I feel like is not fully fleshed out. And there's a scene, I guess this is it's either tail end of three or four uh and at some point we should we should maybe mention that Daniel Brule is in the show and is amazing as Zemo. Right, yeah. uh we'll get to that right, Zemo. that's right but yeah there's a scene though great scene uh on the surface with Carly and uh and Sam where he kind of comes in and he's trying to kind of peacefully talk her down uh before inevitably John Walker you know is tired of waiting and then runs in and ru- ruins What would have gone well, apparently. But in that conversation, there's this moment of like, I agree with what you're doing, but just not how you're doing it. And it had this element to me of just like, well, we're okay with protesting, but only peaceful protests. Like it had that tone to it. To me and i was like i don't know how i feel about putting those words in sam's mouth specifically in this moment and it like that rang a little a little like hey we're all for the progressive themes that we're going to talk about and basically it's push forward with this show but we also want to be very clear we don't support this um right. and
3: I think that's they, they a read
0: push that you the, can
1: go with. Yes. But I also think that the alternate read is that's I mean, that feels to me like very standard military drama. Um, the way you're going about this is not the right way. Do it from the inside of the system kind of talk. Yes. Um that maybe doesn't quite have. I mean, I can I can definitely see where your read comes from because I don't think they took the time to consider that that was also a possibility that maybe this should have been clarified that it was the one and not the other and it maybe shouldn't have come out of out of uh sam wilson's mouth
3: mm-hmm.
1: the way it did yeah,
3: anyways whatever. um yeah. and
2: it, yeah because it, it it works for uh sam wilson in world former military uh trauma uh uh, counselor uh everything works it isn't until you add the the meta text that suddenly it's like uh. and,
0: and that's i guess that's my issue is ultimately the show does want to be metatextual with all exactly. of the themes that it's reaching for and that is one aspect that i felt just felt a little like a little yeah. like the disney brass going like hey can you tone that down a little bit can you get this bit in here where he's like hey i don't agree with like you know Right. non or violent protest in any way or anything that escalates but you know all that sort of stuff um Carly if Steve as as a, as a said it,
1: you wouldn't bad not you know what i mean like no it would it, it wouldn't have re-
0: like, read as yeah. false but again that's part of navigating what it means for S- sam to be the one taking over this mantle uh thoughts on right. Carly overall as a villain uh and how much you know in much the same way i felt like they did a great job with zemo in the mcu he was one of my favorite villains prior and is kind of a template that they then expand on and do the best version of with killmonger in black panther but of making you really like understand where one of their villains is coming from giving them like a true like understandable motivation and a little bit of empathy towards them almost uh, where you almost yeah. want to see them succeed a bit, a little less so with Zemo than with Kimocher But anyways, uh, yes. So I, the escalation of, can you explain her cause to me and how it relates to the blip? Can, can you guys just lay it out concisely for me? What is the goal of the flag smashers? What, what, what are they trying to do? They're trying to prevent, I'll I'll let you guys take over. Please explain Uh, it to me.
2: (laughs) The way the only, only so half the world's gone, right? Suddenly there's a, there's a, a, you can have any house you want. You didn't live in a house before. Mm -hmm. And now there's a house. Um, We still need to have the world function. So we are still doing manufacturing and production and moving along those lines uh you didn't have a job up to 50 percent, possibly more depending on who disappeared of the world's workforce has disappeared so you go from living on the street to living in a mcmansion and having a job mm-hmm. and suddenly yeah. the people who uh did blipped out of that mcmansion are back uh and they uh want their stuff back it's their stuff you're a, a refugee squatter so you have to move out by the way you're a refugee squatter uh people who really know this job are back and they want their job back so you're out of a job too uh everything is yeah. back to where it was mm-hmm. you you had five years where you came together with your 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 brothers and your sisters of man, where suddenly uh, half of us are gone. So the half that remains come closer together. Everybody has a job. Everybody has a house. Uh, there's enough food for everybody. By God, by rights, Thanos was right. And the world goes on uh, mm-hmm. because in you know, I, I hate to say it, but Thanos is right. Uh, for the uh, again, of the a, MC a, another
0: villain that they they managed to make you somewhat right. be like, "Hey, you maybe you're onto something there, buddy." I don't know."
2: Yeah, because yeah. they actually gave him motivations on why he was doing this in the comics he was just <laughs> trying to impress death who uh, he wanted to make his girlfriend
0: which I'll be honest I, th- I still think would have been a much more like metal way to go with it like because people still would have showed up and it still would have made the exact same amount of money it did like let's be real yes. here but if they had just full on gone like yeah dude he's, he's trying to get with her he is all about impressing death as a concept and people would be like what, that's what these movies have been building towards sure. for 23. Like, really, this is where we were going the whole time. Some aliens trying to bang death. This is this is wild, but uh, yeah. anyways, so
3: horrible, baby. So, <laughs>
2: so. I know. And she's not even cute, goth death. Uh, like, oh, over yeah, in, uh...
0: what sand band? yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but uh, so suddenly. Uh, you've had a taste of being accepted, of of coming together, and that is ripped away from you. And they are sending you back to the crap life you had.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the whole movement is that's not right. You ex you if you send us back, that means you exploited us for five years and you didn't welcome us. During that time, we were one world trying to get by coming together. And now you are ripping that away from us. You are the powerful and we are the weak. And we have always been the weak. If you push the weak and too far.
1: Exactly. And it's codified. Yeah. And that's the other thing. The The flip side of it is that they literally do describe that they opened borders to make shipping uh, work better so that people could migrate to places where work was needed mm-hmm. so we went from being the world that we live in to this big open world where you could go where you need to be to survive and everybody's working together and governments aren't really what they once were right like the governments stopped enforcing borders mm-hmm. and then suddenly the unsnapping happens everybody pops back in and suddenly, yes, I I'm uh, I'm from the middle East and I'm living in uh, the UK. And suddenly I am not a a citizen of where I've lived for five years.
0: Okay. First of all, beautiful distillation. Thank you both. Beautiful distillation of all of that. I I wish I'd had as much clarity coming out of the show on that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, My second question how much do we know about the change from this virus plotline to very, to where very- we to where we are with like was it was this always going to be something that was really exploring a post blip uh, society and the ramifications of that because the more you guys talk about it as well i'm like i i don't know how it plays as like a big you know huge spectacle superhero show but like i kind of want can can I see a, a show about the five years before everybody came back? Um, like, can I see that? I'm very curious. Yeah, is it five years? That'd be awesome. Five year gap. Yeah. yeah. But I I would like to you know I want to see that depicted in some more long form fashion. Uh, yeah, hopefully in some that's way. when I think. Hopefully that's
2: yeah. when the Moon Knight series happens.
0: Dude, hey, sign oh, me up. Sign me up. That is the most excited I've been about casting in this universe in quite a while. I'm a big Hawk guy. I don't know if we talked about it. I guess this segues with the link later conversation we were going to have. I'm a big Ethan Hawke fan. So I am glad he's going to be in there. And uh Oscar Isaac is uh one of one of my favorite actors of his generation. So and you know, didn't have a lot to do in those last few Star Wars pictures. A little bit of a waste of his talents if you ask me. Uh so yeah. Let's let's get him his own series. Let's do it.
2: He looks really, really good, good in purple.
0: He looks really good in pretty much anything. Very attractive man. Uh, looking forward was, to the Moon Knight series. So, yeah.
2: I, I was more going with uh, him as Apocalypse.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> I, I had almost removed that Perfect. from my brain. That makes sense. Yeah. The other purple villain from the MCU. <laughs> Lest we forget. Uh, did you guys ever watch? Uh, sorry to get us sidetracked. Did you guys watch? dark phoenix yes i did yeah
2: yes i did i, I avoided
0: did. it like the plague I, i've been debating I think, I think it's on max or something or, or somebody has it um or no it's, it's uh, on disney plus obviously it's on Disney right?
3: plus Yeah. yes
0: uh yeah i haven't haven't taken the plunge what about new yeah. mutants guys no
2: oh new mutants i watched uh that one i liked a lot <laughs> it is it is mid-fair for the uh mutant movies
0: Okay, interesting take because I've heard nothing but negativity towards it. So, maybe I, if I go in with low expectations.
2: Well, it 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 hits every wheelhouse of mine. Uh, it has Ileana Rasputin. Um mm-hmm.
3: uh,
2: she is one of my favorite uh mutant well, characters of all time. That times.
0: was a, That was a cat. Drink. Sorry. I think we're still good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we sound good. Yes.
2: Um good uh, it it had uh, iliana and she's one of my favorite characters and she was played by uh, Anya taylor joy yes and uh i am in absolute infatuation with her Uh,
0: she's uh younger she's uh, about 22 years old or something
2: no no she's a little older okay okay uh
0: shout out no. to the queen's gambit i started playing chess immediately afterwards uh because uh, chess is sexy again just so everybody's well she uh
2: she is immediately riveting and everything she is and agreed and like you cannot take your eyes off of her like and that's if every director that directs you does that that means it's not the director it's great right. that's
0: the actor for sure um, um
2: and it's uh, I I love uh, Y A fiction. And did you go twenty five? I thought she just had yes, a birthday. She is twenty five years oh, okay.
0: old. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's let's yes, let's, let's uh, get I know. that out
2: there. My, my my half plus seven moves up to thirty this year.
0: Okay. That a, um, let's let's move this right along. Okay. Uh
2: I I love uh YA fiction, YA comics, YA movie if you mm-hmm. blend it horror adjacent and then make that horror adjacent superhero adjacent. That's
0: checking a lot of boxes for sure. Yeah. It
2: it is it is it is a movie that is right in line with uh what I like about comics and movies. Um
0: well I'm glad to actually have an endorsement for it now. So I'll, I'll, it's on HBO Max. It's just sitting there. I'll give it a shot. And it's quick. Yeah, and it's blissfully short, from what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Um. Where again? Where Where do you guys want to take it? We talked about or let's talk Zemo. Maybe I don't know. Any thoughts? Uh, Zemo. I love Zemo.
1: I even love when Zemo is not quite Zemo, but it's still the most Zemo he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um. The thing that I, and that's going back to something that Patrick and I were talking about uh, as this was going on. A lot of the criticism about Civil War is that, you know, he wasn't quite the Zemo of the comics, right? I disagree with that entirely mm-hmm. uh, because killing seven super uh, soldiers and ripping apart the Avengers just to prove to Captain America that he's not worthy. Of being Captain America is the most Helmet Zemo thing on the face of the planet,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then he'll turn so right helmet- around and work <laughs> <That's-> with <him>. us. <laughs> right?
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Zemo. Uh, he didn't know he was being Helmet Zemo, but God was he being Zemo. Oh. Um, but this is even closer to comic Zemo uh, in a lot of ways because, of course, he's he's right there with with Cap effectively. Mm-hmm uh <laughs> Leading him in the wrong direction So that he can manipulate everybody To get his way I mean that's He's no fucking perfect And Daniel Brühl is just
0: he's, so he's killer dude He's one of the best actors in the whole damn MCU for sure They're lucky to have him More of that guy seriously
2: uh We can talk about Finally seeing why a casting was cast mm-hmm in that oh hi Sharon Carter's in this ooh ooh I'm sorry I'm
1: going to I'm going to fight you on this I'm still mad I'm uh, still
2: mad I don't know cuz I finally feel like what she did in this movie justifies why they cast her all those years ago and did yes. not utilize her
1: yes what she did in this movie absolutely oh, justifies sorry. her show yes yes this
0: what four and a half hour movie, we her. can say it. It's yes. okay. This four and a half hour
2: movie. No, no, because then it sounds like we're okay with four and a half hour movies. And yeah, that's uh, true. We're not because of Justice League. Right? Yes.
1: I absolutely fucking am fine with four and a half hour movies. I mean, the yeah. the the extended cut of uh Return of the King is like just so much walking Zach's close. Fine with that. Pretty close. Yep. It's just Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't mm-hmm.
0: like. <laughs> She's got to do away with no, the slow
1: I'm, motion. So. If you take the slow motion on, it's only two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I enjoy Emily Van Camp's performance. I am happy that they finally utilized her in a way that makes it makes sense that she was Sharon Carter. But Sharon Carter was never going to show up in this franchise. Sharon Carter has been dealt fucking dirty by this franchise. Because everything that makes Sharon Carter cool, they gave to Peggy Carter. So, ex-
2: no, except the time when her life model decoy cool, was running around being a villain. <laughs>
1: Don't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they no. might do that. They might
1: do something like that. It could be a double agent thing,
0: but it's all on the table. I feel like they're. Yeah. I feel like Captain America, particularly, is is untapped in terms of like, I. You know, he was early on as a kid. He was probably post Spidey and X-Men. He was the next character where I was like, all right, this is my guy. I really like this guy. But I I didn't stick with Cap or any comics, honestly, for that length of time. I, I know nothing about the extended universe of the Cap like franchise. I'm not familiar with his villains. So I think that's why it has been the standout of the MCU for me as a, you know, mini franchise within this and probably i think and arguably the strongest series if you're even if you're just counting the three um for sure of any of them is because it's like it's malleable enough that they can take all these disparate elements and like bits and pieces and kind of cherry pick these plot lines from what you're telling me and still make it work and i know that's what they do with all of these at this point is you know just just take the best bits why why not they're just sitting there
1: just mix them up rearrange them and you can do so much but I just I don't know I love Sharon Carter when she is at her spy best working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and in modern day comics she became the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. like she replaced Fury when he
0: retired so the, um, the, pow- the yeah. power broker reveal uh, is that canon at, at any point or that's a, yeah. that's a show thing Okay. That's a show there. So, how do you guys feel about that as fans of the character that she's potentially going to be behind the scenes uh like fucking fucking stuff up for, you know, one of the movies or maybe season 2 of this show if we're getting one, I don't know.
1: I I think that it is not as as deep a uh, uh-huh. conspiracy as as we're hinting. Who
0: who do you think she's talking to on that phone?
1: I think she's talking to the person who set up the role of the power broker for her to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been speculating who the, my speculation on who the power broker was early on uh, also used an existing MCU character. Uh, and I still think that we're heading in that direction. Okay. I think that Sharon is working for Thunderbolt Ross.
0: Okay. And that would be the, a possible start to the thunderbolts series which involves john walker again these are Absolutely. just fragments i have picked up um yep. just from the last yep. several weeks okay
2: but i am always down for more this, william hurt yeah. so
0: bring it on always
1: uh but i was thinking this specifically because of uh the fact that this guy had access to the old super soldier serum to start trying to analyze it <laughs> um and we know that all of the super soldier serum that existed was under thunderbolt ross's control in incredible hulk i mean that's what they used to turn blonsky into the abomination even so though that's the I one the
0: one movie that seems lost to time okay. of all of them even more so than thor the dark world like i people forget that edward norton was the hulk for like 2 seconds he was the hulk Tim Roth was in there man and I had a really good time with it
1: oh yeah Yeah. I mean he was the not only was he the Hulk for a minute and a half he was the proof of concept for the MCU yeah like that was the see we can make an interconnected universe Mm -hmm. and then fuck that guy let's just keep going over here yeah
0: and no shade to Ruffalo but I feel like there'd be a distinctly different dynamic if Edward Norton was still at play in the, in the Avengers. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, 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 yeah.
2: I have a feeling if it had been Edward Norton, uh, they would be just as scared of Banner
3: uh, mm-hmm.
2: as the, as they would of the Hulk. They would be tiptoeing around the physical representation uh, for both effect because yeah. Uh, that guy's probably going to make a virus and kill us all, or mm-hmm. he's going to rage uh, out and kill us all.
0: I do think Downey Jr., Edward Norton probably need to go toe-to-toe at some point. I would, I would like to
2: see that. I would like to see that uh, while both are still uh, at the top of their game uh, <laughs> yeah. because the, the the two minutes of heat was not enough. Mm-hmm. And then whatever the name of that god-awful cop movie they were together where they were on the screen together was just god awful. You know, uh, uh we watched it and it's so immemorable that I cannot remember it. I'm like, why am I watching this <laughs> to movie? To be clear if
1: the audience is lost, he is
2: talking about Janeiro mm-hmm. Pacino now. He's completely transitioned. Yes.
0: yes. No, I I'm aware, and you're th- you're thinking of Righteous Kill. Yes, yes. Righteous god. Kill. God, that movie. And is what so a bad. righteous kill it was oh god terrible movie
2: yeah so that's the, so like uh
0: Dreadful. The, they did a they did a third collab you might have heard of it's called the irishman it's on netflix it's pretty, I, I, pretty good movie oh, pretty good movie
1: he doesn't like four and a half hour long movies
0: oh that yeah that's right i forgot i forgot they do have it where you can watch it in chapters on netflix because they were like oh yeah let's take a, a movie that's intended to be long for effect and let's just let you break it up because everything's a streaming war now, whatever.
2: Uh, um, that's a, that's yeah. a Marty movie, though, right?
0: It is. Oh. The contrarian cousin. The contrarian cousin. I don't know where this theme song is going. But it's just, you, it's you're just, about to tell me like, oh, yeah, I'm not interested when one of the greatest film living uh, filmmakers in American cinema drops no, no, a movie I, I, on I netflix al- in my I, lap i'm, I'm, I'm just al- no, I'm, I'm always
2: i'm always interested and then scenes play and i'm like oh there we are again what am i fucking funny yep here we are
0: i feel like i think, I think he's got a little more i think he's uh, expanded his his purview uh beyond goodfellas i think he's I... showed quite quite a breadth of range over the years i think he's a very uh, every... versatile
2: filmmaker oh i believe but, that uh, but but the, know... the 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 genetics the genetics of goodfellas are always there i'm like oh my god
0: well the irishman is in many ways the anti goodfellas so you may absolutely love it uh give it a shot sometime if you got three and a half hours to kill (laughs) yeah they're quite good in it together it will redeem your righteous kill experience uh yes for sure okay thunderbolt ross i think that was our our bird walk over there so okay yeah sharon um I enjoyed in the series as well. I, I until the reveal me, you know, maybe I'm dumb and wasn't picking up on clues and stuff, but until the reveal, I kind of was like, so wait, why is she back here again? Like um, I thought it was just kind of a fun nod. I didn't expect her to be in there. So then that, that actually played for me The and it was a nice little teaser for whatever, however she ends up functioning in all of this. Um, where, where else do you guys want to go? And we can, I mean, we can jump more towards um, the finale. We can dwell in that penultimate I, episode. We can, got, any other things that popped or didn't work for you.
2: I, I got a, I got a huge uh, comic uh, book nerd Easter egg off of Madripoor.
0: Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, My was, first experience with Madripoor. Oh, so. see,
2: see, Madripoor was created uh, in the Avengers, but then it kind of went by the wayside until uh chris claremont was like hmm
0: where can i send old
2: yeah and this this was before logan became Logan. well this was in the process of him becoming everywhere and it's 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 a setting that uh shows up in 87 after uh after the x-men die and are brought back to life saving the world uh and uh wolverine just takes up shop there and it's all low town and uh, is the the
0: Is the James Mangold the Wolverine? Is that set in Japan or Madripoor?
2: It's set in Japan.
0: Okay, Uh, I have never seen it. That's why I asked.
2: You've missed nothing.
0: Okay, I saw Logan. I saw the the really good one that they did together. So I'll pass on the kind of whatever.
2: You 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 if you if you if you want to watch the Wolverine, you can watch the scene where he goes through the town uh, to go to the tower. Uh, and is attacked by the ninjas Uh, it's Mm -hmm. lifted right out of frank miller's art and chris claremont's story and it is a great like four minute scene and that's really all you need to watch
0: i I got a cat that's begging to be let out i'll be right back
2: um
1: while he's sort of uh while he's dealing with stuff uh what i really wanted to kind of talk about was uh this this long-standing issue i have with uh writers and directors throughout the world who have somehow uh bugged my phone um now i, I say this jokingly but uh it's true we've spent many years theorizing uh about uh storylines that happened in a lot of different media we spent a lot of time running role-playing games uh that tell stories that run similarly to these, uh, these franchises that we love. And frequently, the things we speculate and the things we do in these games somehow ends up being the plot of whatever mass media
3: mm-hmm. comes
1: next. <laughs> um, so somebody's bugging me, and I, I'm a little tired of it. Just slip me the actual cash and I'll give you the ideas for free. Right. Stop you know?
0: Brewbreaker Brew Baker and my right. boy.
1: Quit it. Yeah. <laughs> But one of my Ed Brubaker speci- over here? Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. Specifically, <laughs> um, I've been advocating for a replacement cap storyline since season one of Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. And when I say the replacement cap, I mean the caps who fill the void when Steve Rogers isn't there. Um, Isaiah Bradley is actually one of the newer ones of that grouping. Um, the others are kind of uncanonized stories that were published. Here's, here's the, the dirty secret about Captain America, right? Captain America gets shot down in an issue in the 1940s. Then he gets thawed in an issue of the Avengers in the 1960s. Um, there's six more years of Captain America stories that were published after he got shot down.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what Marvel did very quickly when they started getting letters like, what about these adventures... Uh, that took place in the 1950s when he was Mm -hmm. supposedly in the ice they were like that was uh, that was so-and-so posing as steve rogers he's not the real captain america um and there was a and i'm sure
0: nobody had any issue with with that as a as an excuse it was this other
1: fans in the 60s were like man they were like oh it was somebody else okay all right but, cool. but why, <laughs> why why but i have that issue
0: why did they you're call sure, him steve? you're sure they weren't doing letter writing campaigns to each other to yell about
3: it you're sure no, they weren't super it. pissed off? <laughs> but,
1: but one of uh, things- the result is they came up with this you know kind of interesting story where several people took the mantle of steve rogers over the years mm-hmm. and during agent carter i was like man that would be a perfect way to set things up for what we know the super soldier program becomes is have sort of the early days of that and have it be somewhat nefarious and look like it could lead to an isaiah bradley in the future and we skipped all that and went straight to isaiah bradley which proves once and again that marvel has better instincts than i do mm-hmm. right like i think steve rogers should have picked up milner like three movies before he did My instincts are shit. (laughs) They did the right thing. Um, I think skipping over all the white people who became the other Captain Americas, I think that's stronger.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: One thing I wish they'd taken the opportunity to do, uh, since we know that the super soldier serum was taken from Isaiah Bradley's blood while he was in prison and experiments were done while he was in prison, I would have loved to have heard them uh, to to have a hint that they were tying that into Luke Cage and canonizing the, uh, the Netflix uh, Marvel
3: Uh
1: uh, television shows. Cause I think that'd be a perfect way to kind of, you know, bring Luke Cage in.
0: And are we still, are we still hearing at some point we might, we might see Charlie Cox bopping Mm -hmm. around in there at some I point
1: i've heard that uh, okay. but I, I keep hearing that it's it's as matt murdoch in spider-man no way home okay uh, actively being a lawyer so i don't know if that's accurate i've also heard reports in the last couple of days that uh, they want to canonize everything but recast a couple of the roles
3: interesting
0: i'm not sure
1: how i feel about that
0: (laughs) i I don't really have an issue
1: charlie cox they're saying is in they're saying obviously
0: um, i'm assuming iron i'm assuming iron fist is the main reason why they're like hey this was pretty on pc when we did it it's even more of a like this is gonna be an issue kind of thing now um maybe we maybe we get it together this time and do it the right way yeah, uh, um, and which of course one, I know. The um, two
1: they're talking about recasting. The other one I don't agree with at all, because if Mike Coulter is not uh, Luke Cage, that, uh, again, I don't want yeah, like Luke Cage.
0: No, bad bad instincts there. Uh, along with the the bad instincts on the Marvel part, uh, this this blade, this Marshall Ali blade, which I was over the moon about. That's exactly who I wanted cast. I thought it was a brilliant decision and then they told me it was going to be PG-13 and I got very upset. Oh, I I've heard that it is it is intended to be a PG-13 blade movie. I I don't know why that is. Aren't we getting R-rated Deadpool? So so why oh. so why not? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah,
3: not ex- could,
0: not it it lessened my excitement by half, literally by half. I was like I'm sure it'll still be fun, but where, where's my blood? Where's my F-bombs? Where's my Wesley snipes? Like, come on. Anyways. He better have a cameo, by the way.
2: Where's my blood shower?
0: And they better, you know, if they're not gonna cut him a check for literally starting the entire comic films revolution, um, then they could at least do a make good and like, you know, pay him 10 million dollars for 10 minutes of screen time, help him with his back taxes and uh, you know, all of that. I don't know if that's still an issue. I think he's doing well. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you guys watched I, I, Coming heard, to America. To he was he was pretty. He was one of the better things in it.
2: I, I have not watched it.
0: I, assu- I assumed you you skipped it. Uh, it's
2: uh, it, it's not it's not for any contrarian reason. It's just like there oh, only no. 20, there's only 24 hours in a day.
0: I I totally understand. Not 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 going to tell you. You got to see that one. Okay. Uh, wherever else you guys want to take it, I know we're. We're going a little long I was, here, but I mean, our final I thoughts or anything. With, uh, yes, we were, yes, we were in Isaiah Bradley territory. Yes,
1: and Carl Lumley, perfect casting,
0: killed right? it. absolutely. I mean, the emotional core of the entire show. I was, I was literally brought to tears with both of those like set piece scenes. Killed it. Yep. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Which leaves us to the actual big thing. Le- leads us to cat. Yeah. And the reveal of, I, of Sam as Cap.
0: I, I talked about the ramp up in that penultimate episode when it's like, all right, hey, they're downtown, they're interfering with this vote. All of a sudden they're in they're in DC. I don't I don't know where they've been most of this series. It's very globe trotty. I got a little lost there, but all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, it's all gonna go down at this vote. Okay, I'm with you, whatever. Um, got this box from Wakanda very excited to see what's in the box cut to credits and i debated with gavin in the intervening week i was like well is it a is it a cap suit or is it a falcon suit or is it a fusion of both because i was like i don't know what this looks like i know eventually like i I, there was obviously some visual iteration that i could look at online if i wanted to but i was like i don't want to spoil it for myself i just want to see what they do with it and it hit man when he when he shows up and he's got the shield and the jetpack and the wings and everything I was just like this is awesome. I cannot wait to see this iteration of Cap. The training montage in 5 though with him just whipping it around and like getting into fighting shape essentially just great stuff. Lo- Loved it, man. Uh and that kind of bringing home what i felt like we could have gotten more of even i again i still say this is way more of a falcon show featuring the winter soldier to me than it is the falcon and the winter soldier but they did bring bring it home for me with the scene where they're they're chucking the shield around and sam actually gets to bring in that that counselor angle and basically yeah. like you know does not an armchair psychologist thing but just like straight up breaks it down and he's like Oh this is why you are the way you are by the way and here's what you need to do to like make it better and it's blatantly obvious and i just made it really concise for you and you know here you go and we're we're, we're pals i guess we're not like the best of friends but we're colleagues i respect you um i yeah. i care about you vaguely i don't know but it was a nice moment right. and it it worked for me
1: uh it was a great moment um, yes. and i think sold really well by those two actors yes like it that worked that worked really really well uh, i, I mean, knew I... it was going to be the cap suit in that wakanda box because i knew bucky wouldn't give them a choice right? mm-hmm. like if, if bucky's putting in the order for the new suit it's going to be a cap suit he's not going to let him choose to just stay falcon
0: right um but yeah, I, I, I that all played for me, and then like I said, the finale I think is trying to do a lot in very quick succession. Um, yeah. And I, if we, if I want to get a little critical from a staging standpoint and all of that, I felt like we never, we never reached back up to the heights of that opening action sequence. Kind of throughout the rest of the series, I never felt like we even mid season i'm trying i'm trying to think. i mean there was the the shootout at the docks where you get to see zemo kind of turn it on for a bit that was okay yeah. and of course we have we have john walker versus both falcon and winter soldier fights and everything but he, those were more emotionally tense than anything else there were you know i wasn't invested in the choreography or anything i was more just like okay where, when's this going to end so we can get to the story implications mm-hmm. and what's going to happen um, so I did feel like it had a little bit of third act syndrome where it okay. kind of is rushing to a conclusion. And I was like, I don't know if all of this like hangs together just from like a st- staging perspective, but I liked the accounting cause I brought it up on our, um, our justice league episode where I feel like comic movies as a whole are losing a little bit of sight of like ground level characters and the anchoring of like Sam's sister and the redemption arc with with Bucky, with his older Asian man friend um, that I honestly wish we got a little more of a little more Bucky's personal life, I think would have gone a long way. But again, you're you're juggling time. I understand. So. Um, I. But yeah, did you I mean, were you guys over the moon for the finale? I feel like I was just so excited based on the, the strength of the fifth episode that I was fully prepared to just absolutely love this thing overall. And I, you know, I thought, I thought it was a little clunky in parts, but it it got there ultimately emotionally and thematically with the speech that kind of caps off all of that, that you mentioned about an hour and a half ago, I think. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, It felt a little clunky. I'm not going to lie there. Um, And I think, I almost think that, The strength of episode five caused that problem Uh right because we took all of our our typical narrative tension that would carry us into an episode six and we put a pin in it to have this extended moment to let everything kind of take its time and breathe Uh i feel like the struggle to Reset the stakes to where they were before the beat is yes. what uh, what we struggled with because uh, there is setting everything up.
0: There is kind of this stretch where it's like yeah, well, we don't know what the Flag Smashers are up to, so I'm just hanging out here with my sister, and, like, we're gonna work on this boat, and it's, like, I love that for character building, because, again, that's another thing where it's, like, if that was only an element of the first episode, and then we never, like, return to the arc of, like, they're gonna get this boat fixed? Like, what's gonna happen with the family boat? I'm concerned. If they just kind of left that there, it would have felt like window dressing, but it's, like, they use the sister character to, like, reinform how he's taking in all of the Isaiah Bradley stuff, and, like, his internal like morality war with like what what do i represent as a like soldier for this country that has has been a part of these things so uh yeah i thought all of that really thematically community
1: that shaped him yes say to him when he needs help Mm -hmm. it's reaffirming for him his faith in his own values
0: right everybody comes together because you know why? Because his mom was basically a saint and was a good person to other people. And it does breed like, you know, other, yeah. other good deeds, good deeds, breed good deeds as they, I guess somebody says that anyways. Um, right. So. Oh, again, I, I think overall when we get to that final speech and him, him taking the mantle of cap, all of that really worked for me again. A, as written maybe doesn't like fully get there, but as performed by Anthony Mackie, who has been, you can feel it in his bones, been waiting for this moment for years at this point and has spoken more publicly recently about how it's like, yeah, I got a great role here, but it was, it's like how many white superhero lead movies did we have to make before we finally get one? And also why can't we have more black people on the production end of these things and why is it like oh black panther that can be the all black movie but like what why would we hire them for you know captain america winter soldier no we'll just you know so and i appreciate him like speaking up about that element of it and kind of feels like Mm -hmm. vindication for him on a certain level so i i was feeling all of that as he's delivering those lines and everything the, again the meta textual elements working in its favor as opposed to you know yeah. me bristling against it a bit so yeah overall i i yeah. i had my my quibbles but i had a, i had a great time with what i hope is season one i'm hoping we're getting more uh but it also I don't, I don't know it know also we'll would get fe-
1: another season but we'll maybe
0: announced cap four right and maybe we'll get you know I, I think there's a I think there's a lane here to do I don't I don't know how much I'm like here for it necessarily but I think there's a lane to do more in depth stuff with Bucky if you were to do a more Bucky solo show or does yeah. does he team up does does Winter Soldier team up with anybody else I assume you wouldn't know Patrick since you you no. tapped out
2: no <laughs> no I I I've kept up okay uh, because begrudgingly in the, in the, in the comics uh a soldier becomes captain america for a bit mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, after the first civil war in the comics uh it is ultimately revealed that sharon carter under the control of the red skull murdered uh steve rogers on the steps of the federal building he was being escorted in as a prisoner uh, and then uh, Bucky took over as Captain America. I had to get the shield back from the Punisher. <laughs> um, it, it was it was it was a wacky time. Mm-hmm. Um, see, my thing was when uh, spoilers be damned, it's a week out, and uh, if you're listening, if you've tuned in and listened to this, you're probably ninety percent already in the know.
1: You've listened to all of oh, this. Yeah you've not watched six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I have no pity for you. You did this to yourself.
2: When, when it flipped, and at the end, it's Captain America, and and I'm like, Nomad. Make him Nomad. <laughs> Change his name to Nomad because now he can go anywhere and do anything. He shed himself with the Winter Soldier, and by God, I can love Bucky. I don't know about the Winter Soldier, yeah. but by God, sure. I can love Bucky.
1: And the, uh, the showrunner actually talked about that, about what that should have been. Not Nomad specifically, but whether or not there should have been a title change since he's now free of the Winter Soldier programming, who should he be? Uh, the internet thinks he should be White Wolf because that's what the Wakandans call him. Uh, Nomad would be a fucking great one. I'm all about that. Uh, but the, ultimately the reason they did not give him a new title is they felt that that would be too much right the, be a the hat on a
0: hat and it would not was... yeah it would diminish the the cap flip. yeah yeah so, i can see that
2: see my, my theory is they need to do something uh team up with somebody something because he's in the mcu he's a known quantity uh in marvel comics he's a known quantity if you say the winter soldier there there's a venn diagram of people who know what that means uh and it, it crosses, and it's a sizable number. If you say, hey, phase four, the Eternals, there's a Venn diagram for that, but it's very, very slimmer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I don't... There are people who are going to go along with it because it's the machine, but the machine is starting to show its works. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and,
0: we've and, talked a bit about this. And going, when, when do certain people say when when, when are we going to start to see the numbers dwindle just a touch but when's that other you know 250 million guaranteed when's that section going to kind of drop out of of every opening sort of thing
2: it and yeah. it's the i i think whenever the world sees the eternals
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, later uh, this <laughs> later this year the apparently the
3: eternals is
1: the bridge too far
2: well, who are those guys? I mean, there's the Black Knight, and I understand. That's cool. I'll watch it because he's, you know, uh, Jon Snow. Yes, I'm uh, very That's ex- the only reason I'm going to watch. I'm I very hate excited the Black
0: about, about the Chloe Zhao of it all, and obviously Kevin Feige is very happy to have an Oscar-winning filmmaker in his canon now. Um, and they're, they're talking it up. They're They're hyping it because I feel like they have got to sell this in a way they have never really had to sell something before um but here's the thing that i have to keep reminding myself when they were like we're doing guardians of the galaxy i was like who the fuck are they and i walked out of that movie going okay what trade paperbacks do i need to pick up i'm interested take take me there see yeah
2: I had the exact opposite. I'm like, they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I'm fucking there. Uh And then I saw it. I'm like, those aren't the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: My Guardians, right.
2: They got to
0: them sort of in the second one. I know,
2: but but I was like, who are these people? What is going on? Still
0: waiting for Stallone to get his standalone series. What's happening? (laughs) And boys, by the way, I cannot wait to talk Rocky. I just rewatched it like two nights ago very excited
2: i I have much to say uh, say. i i i hope you i
0: hope you guys have four hours set aside (laughs) by the way (laughs) for that conversation
2: i i have i have have a whole (laughs) bunch of hours i i have things that i used to think about both movies that i no longer think
0: right (gasps) see this was my first time watching rocky in like 15 years i've watched the sequels i've watched the more recent ones i loved creed etc all of that but I had not gone back in a long time. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to play. And I'll save my, my reaction for uh, when we actually record it. But yeah,
2: Uh, I was the
1: opposite. I would not watched Karate Kid in like 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. So it was the exact opposite of you.
2: Hey, did you watch it in, did you watch it in 4k uh, HDR?
1: I did.
2: Yeah. It, it, it was like an entirely different movie. Yeah. Right. I'm like, you, it doesn't, I did not, however, watch Rocky. I didn't either. I I, <laughs> I I did not either watch it in HDR. I don't
1: I don't need to watch Rocky. Hold on.
2: Oh. Let me watch Rocky.
3: Yeah, I I, watch Rocky. I,
2: I, I'll be honest. I, I needed to watch Rocky uh because it had been uh like you uh around 12 to 15 years since I watched Rocky.
0: I think I probably rewatched it before me and my mom went to go see Balboa. Probably. And then I don't think I, I didn't rewatch any before Creed. So it's been that long. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and in many ways, (laughs) rent free. (laughs) There, there, there are things that I I can say when we talk about it, about my viewing pattern for the Rocky uh, series. Uh, And when I say these things, suddenly my viewpoint on the series uh, will make more sense. Okay. Gotcha. We'll Uh, get there. Yes, this, however, was another podcast. America.
0: <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, yeah, any any final yeah. thoughts? By all means,
1: uh, I absolutely love Sam Wilson in this role. Right, mm-hmm. um, Patrick was was saying how his version of Cap Falcon had kind of gone away. I picked up Cap years later when Dan Jurgens had left DC. He was the uh, writer and artist on superman uh, throughout most of the 90s right he was he was the guy who drew the main superman title and wrote it during the death and return right and when he finally left dc he went to marvel and he started drawing captain america right so makes perfect sense you draw superman you draw cap you know similar stuff that's when I started reading Cap because I was a fan of him as a, as a writer and as, and as an artist. And he very heavily leaned into Sam and I, I really liked Sam as a character. And when Sam finally did become Cap, that's when I started making sure to collect Cap again because uh, that was happening right as I was getting back into collecting. So I collected mm-hmm. all of the Sam Wilson, Captain America and the subsequent Steve Rogers series that went alongside it. And I really wanted Mackie's version to get a fair shake that the comic version, I don't feel ever really did. And as a fan who came at it that way, I got to say that that, that moment when they won take the pot shot at DC and then follow up with the old man saying that's black Falcon. Mm -hmm. Um, And the young guy going, nah, that's captain America. That just, I, I teared up.
3: Right. oh
0: 100 percent.
1: i mean that was just that was awesome and yeah. particularly after after the way end game played out when you thought that it, i thought it would have been fine for him to go off and be capped right afterwards right i thought he'd earned it then
3: mm-hmm.
1: um but like bucky i had to come to the realization that no i hadn't considered that maybe he needed to earn it or that maybe he needed to come to grips with it, right? Um, and that's it, it. Felt more powerful because they took the time, and I think he's he killed it in that first
2: outing as Cap. And I'm ready to see more.
0: Hell oh, yeah, Patrick!
2: Never in a million years. When this all started, uh, Iron Man was 2008, right? Or was it 2007? <laughs> 2008. Yes. Okay, 13 years ago. Three
1: I weeks
2: never... after Dark Knight. Yep. <laughs> no, no, it was before Dark Knight.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Three weeks before Dark Knight. It was literally three weeks, one way or yeah. the
2: other. And then, and then the Hulk. Somewhere... Hulk is like
0: Hulk is a few weeks after Dark Knight. That's no. what it is. It was the summer of superheroes. Yeah. We also had Hellboy 2, the Golden Army, arguably yeah. the second best in the bunch there, uh, for me personally, right after Dark Knight.
3: But Golden never... Army
0: is choice great movie
2: i will i will allow that i guess
0: (laughs) are you gonna come at me about del toro now
2: no i just don't like (laughs) Hellboy. oh i'm not i'm not
0: sitting here as like i'm not a huge like Mignola fan or any of that stuff dude i just i love ron perlman as an actor and i Uh, love guillermo del toro as a visual stylist and that second one in particular abandons all comics conventions and it's just straight up a Guillermo del Toro urban fantasy that eventually becomes a straight up fantasy movie it's so so cool
2: then I will I will finally give it a try based on that
0: oh compared to the first one which I don't know if you ever saw Golden Army is such a better film such a better film yeah
2: but 13 years ago never did I expect that I would see as many hours of television as I did with John Walker right, right as a character and never did I ever think uh marvel would fool me again into rooting for him and mm-hmm. caring for him and going please please make the right decision uh it's like hey let's do this tv show there's this guy out there and let's turn him into a 12 year old let's let's have those 12 year old emotions of hero worship and wanting your hero to not let you down flood through him again and and there it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- and I I I I would say cancel the Eternals and give me a John Walker movie.
0: We're not even a little excited
2: about the eternals No, no. Uh no.
0: Have either yeah. of you seen this year's best picture winner now? Uh No Madland? No.
2: Yeah. I, I have not. Uh um, I, just, I just I'm not gonna see a movie based in, like even Marvel considers them worthless characters like for years (laughs) the comics they're worthless. which is
0: why i think they might be okay with somebody finally they've they've been slowly ever since the edgar wright ant-man debacle and it was a debacle in my mind still wish we got that movie ever since then and that being very public i feel like we have seen the the collar loosen around the neck if you will of its creatives I think you particularly see that with black Panther and like we've slowly expanded where it's like, we are getting more and more directorial vision baked into these. I feel like guardians is an example of that as well, of somebody's aesthetic and style working within this universe. You got Taika coming in on Ragnarok, for instance. I, I think they've slowly let that space get more and more open and, being willing to do weirder and weirder things. And so my hope is because when they first announced this, I was like the woman who made the Rider, which is an incredible movie, probably her best in my opinion of the three I've seen, um, which I think she's only made three. Uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make the leap. I didn't see how you see that movie and you're like, she needs to be responsible for a $200 million marvel tentpole about a bunch of characters that nobody fucking knows the names of um i i didn't see it but i was like the core there is she's a born filmmaker and she is a great filmmaker off the strength of again three movies at this point and she's already won her first oscar probably the first of many and i think there's a little bit of well let's just it's kind of free reign. Nobody knows these characters. There's no expectations for them. So let her do whatever she wants to do, whatever, you know, appeal to her about taking this one on. And maybe we get something great out of it. But I, I I'm trying to read the way they're talking about it right now. Is it, is it overconfidence or like overselling because they think people are not going to show up for these characters or is it them trying to find a way to talk about this because they, they really do have something that's so out there that it's really not going to play for people. And, you know, yeah, they I need mean, to it, prep you for an art
2: movie, not
0: well, an MCU movie. I, I, I'm, I'm curious.
3: I,
2: I think it is a combination of all of those factors mm-hmm. in that uh, they are trying to oversell it because, you know, uh, people didn't know Iron Man, but people knew Iron Man.
3: Mm-hmm
2: uh people uh don't know ant-man but they knew ant-man like it as as a character he's been around enough and had enough success over the years that you can say ant-man and people are like oh that's the guy that shrinks down and i think beat his wife yeah no no not that one not that one
0: (laughs) that's michael douglas not the real michael douglas Douglas. no but just (laughs) catherine zeta jones is okay she'll probably be in one of these movies eventually
2: She's but, fine. She's fine. She's okay. but don't worry about it but uh the the eternals are out there they they are a huge 70s concept mm-hmm. and and 70s is a weird time in in marvel uh because yeah. there, there's jack kirby was doing well, well jack doing kirby a lot left. of things well he left that... and and went gotcha. over to uh dc excuse me
0: the- he's over there doing their new gods right
1: yes right. he's he's creating the new gods and dark side well yeah that's the
0: thing the Catholics. eternals is all of a sudden like hey you guys remember like all those villains from uh the dc do you want to see like do you want us to do that over here at marvel and i'm wondering if a lot of people are going to be like nah we didn't, we didn't ask for this. for this i don't give a shit
2: and uh, uh there, there were huge editorial changes at the time yeah. like uh there were like Five uh editors in chief over four years. Uh and and the visions were it was it was a complicated time. And the Black Knight's a weak character, and Cersei's a weak character. Uh yes,
1: <laughs> but at the same time, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. You yourself on this podcast today have said that you didn't give a shit about Wanda Maximoff. Until you saw (laughs) Fondavision. You said you didn't really care about uh,
0: The Winter Soldier. uh,
1: Sam Wilson or The Winter Soldier until this series. Marvel has been able to sell you on something that you were resistant to in the last few months, right? So
2: I think it's fair to give them the room to try it. I I know. I mean... uh... Dane Williams sucks so bad. (laughs) And like, and I like Kit Harrington. I don't want to see him suck so bad.
0: Okay, dude, but we do have Brian Tyree Henry, like one of my 10 favorite actors in the world right now. I don't know if you watch Atlanta. It's the best show on television. Kumail, who I absolutely love as well. Um, And like, those are the two that I'm excited for. And then I got to be honest with you. I'm interested to see what Angelina Jolie is like in an MCU movie. It's just another person who I never expected to show up here. It's kind of like Nicole Kidman showing up in Aquaman where I'm like, I I didn't expect this, but I guess, yeah. Okay. I guess they're for everybody now. Like,
2: you know. And what's, what's her name? Uh, Jim Jim and Chan. Jim and Chan. Like, yes. Uh, And she won't be blue and you can recognize her this time. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> i'm just racking my brain around why nicole kidman
1: being in a dc movie would be so shocking
0: oh god damn it yep well that was a different era i mean Ch- chase meridian and aquaman's mom have very little in common let's be real here this is true
1: this is true but it was just like wait what <laughs> she did one of these when it was less likely for her to have done one
0: <laughs> well it's not exactly like she was you know I don't know. That was early on for her, right? Isn't that? I mean,
2: I that's mean, like, that's how far not, away
0: from "To Die For" is that?
2: To Die For? Uh, yeah. Like, how far away exactly. from "Far and Away" is
1: that? And it's like a decade.
2: No, no. To die, uh, far and away was like ninety-two. This was ninety-five. Was that's like, three years.
1: I thought far, "Far and Away" was in the eighties. I thought it was
2: eighty-nine. No, "Far and Away" is after the race car movie all right <laughs> phones are out far and far away <laughs> came out while i was in high school
0: these are important facts that we need to get straight for the listener you know yeah. you know what i'm saying <laughs> batman forever is 95 as is to die for
2: yes that, okay. that's the same far sound. away is yes. 92
1: you are correct that is that is
2: accurate the question is how far away is it from the bmx Bandits? oh god
0: <laughs> Uh, what, probably like 10 years BMX band or no BMX bandits is probably like what 87, 88,
1: 83. Oh damn, <laughs> Jesus.
3: Um, that, that's the trouble. She, 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 she has aged
0: question. so impeccably that the idea that she was in BMX bandits in 1983 is insane to me. But uh yeah.
2: It's not almost what I almost watched it on Tubi the other
3: day.
0: Classic. <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> yes
3: but <laughs> yes. anyways yes
2: uh, uh, uh i i'm there's one i'm looking forward to I, I can put that out there i've been looking forward to it when it was supposed to be released in theaters this time last year uh the black, black widow. widow yes
0: excited to see it as well wow uh, will you be will you what's the theater situation for you guys
2: uh a.m uh regal is closed mm-hmm. uh amc as far as i know is open with restrictions gotcha uh independence uh, uh uh are open uh but some are not like uh our cinema cafe type experience is open uh but um, or they are open if you want to rent the whole theater gotcha
0: i don't know what your individual like home setups are but are you are you going to do drop the 30 on disney plus or are you going to go out for this one
2: i, I don't i am i'm not i don't know if i'm dropping. i'm the not 30.
1: excited about
2: and since <laughs> Black since it since, gotcha. since uh dropping the 30 uh, would imply dropping more uh, since I piggyback off of uh, friends and family, i.e., family. (laughs) Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, uh, But I, I, I am fully vaccinated. uh, uh, The time, so for me, it's just a case of, uh, I don't know, uh, with the masking restrictions, I don't know if I want to watch a movie with a damn mask on. Gotcha.
0: I have done it about seven or eight times in the midst of this, um, and I. I don't know. I have to wear one for like eight hours a day at work, like in a hot kitchen. So I've gotten used to it, but uh, yeah, I can understand not why. and it's like, why not in the comfort of your own home? I plan on going to the theater for that one simply to save myself 15 bucks because I have a partner who does not care about seeing it. So she would just assume like, Hey, yeah, you go to the theater for two hours and save, save money. Cause I'm not going to watch it with you. It's not like we're getting, you know, more bang for our buck anyways so yeah i'll be going out for that one i excited for loki as well and uh yes. yeah i'm excited for everything they've got going i think again overall wandavision just had the tinge of like this is just a little more unique a little more in the the different headspace of what we normally get from these things so it, it, i i give it a little bit more credit for executing on its weirdness at the same time, I give Falcon credit for like actually going there um, thematically in a way that I, I didn't expect it to. And while it didn't, you know, I, there's always a part of me that wants it to go further and be like truly subversive for for a popular entertainment. Right. The simple fact that it's going to inspire some conversation that like yep. with somebody who probably would never engage with any of these topics is enough reason for it to have been made in the first place you know
1: exactly and uh, i'm gonna give it a little bit of credit uh i feel it is a stronger direct sequel to captain america and the winter soldier
0: than the civil war is a hundred percent agree with yes. you there yes uh yeah so we we've teased it uh early way way earlier in this episode but you gentlemen will be returning uh to the arc proper with your your own brand spanking new feed we're going into year five uh and so you guys will be introducing late fees waived with the brothers blanchard very excited that's going to have all the back catalog of all the horror centric franchises you guys have already talked about and then it's pretty much going to be free reign for any kind of movie Absolutely. or or tv retrospective stuff you want to do it's really just a banner title for you guys to do whatever. Well, I'm sure you'll have many series or one-offs in there. Uh, but
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, we wanted to lean into the conceit. If anybody is still around from our, uh, our horror movie days and was a listener of what we used to do, uh, we wanted to lean into the conceit of our, uh, we pay the late fees so you don't have to, uh, which was kind of our tagline across six different miniseries. Um, but we wanted to leave ourselves free to, uh, to talk about whatever, whenever, and leaning into the video store conceit of it kind of was a, a fun, nostalgic way to do that, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, then I'm,
2: that way I can occasionally throw in these horrible, horrible horror movie one-offs that you could only find at the non-chain uh, uh, video stores gotcha exactly.
0: well as, as you guys plan your slate and and start to work on stuff i i'd love to hear what you're going to be discussing because i i would be happy to to special guest on some of them i'm sure uh well
1: uh we actually intend to have special guests uh on a couple of features that i want to do um and I, I will pitch the idea to you live right here see what you think. all right um I have been thinking a lot about family movies lately, not mm-hmm. like children's movies or family entertainment or PG entertainment, but those, those movies that become a part of the, the family structure, the movie that you watch routinely as a family, mm-hmm. like every May, always on Memorial day, never July 4th. We always watched Jaws. Wow. I don't know why it was always a Memorial day <laughs> thing in our house. <laughs> because our- loved
2: it. Our summer season kicks off on Memorial Day. True. Yes,
1: my dad always wanted to watch it on Memorial Day, so
2: we and, did. And that's why he said that. He told that to me way back when, when you were a little kid. Up because I asked the question, oh, being well, five I, years I, older.
1: I, I was a little kid. I didn't ask. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why. But um, I would like to kind of approach it from an idea of not only us talking about the stuff that we watched as a family and what it meant to us and how we engaged with it at different times in our lives. I'd like to bring in other people and kind of examine the things that their family watched and how they engaged with it as a kid and as a teenager. And now as an adult.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic conceit uh, for sure.
1: Like Wait. First one I'm... we're doing will of course be Jaws or Star Trek to the wrath of Khan either or. There's, there's
2: there's there's a move matthew uh today in in our uh in our group text uh group chat uh sent a gif from one of those movies that became what a family that, saturday morning movie. i gotta
0: be honest and i'm i'm i might be ashamed to say it but what the hell was that from i i'm to, i was totally lost but i didn't want to reveal myself as like a philistine you know it's, i, I don't want you guys to be like oh my
2: god this fucking rube he doesn't even know this movie it's it's from a movie called megaforce i've uh, heard the title okay of, of which
0: i played a video game called megaforce which is awesome by the way Go uh, ahead. and very
2: different thing uh i <laughs> have i have a friend from college uh who equally loves this movie uh and there are times when i think we may be the only two people who love this movie Yes, um, we got
0: barry bostwick all right
2: yes okay uh yes uh, the, the person's michael
0: michael like barry beck bostwick michael beck hero? the other guy from the warriors yeah the one who's yeah. not james remar okay yeah. <laughs> um, i'm interested it's it was on motorcycles that fly what fighting a terrorist organization <laughs> i'm already sold like literally you don't um, need to say anymore. Where can I watch Megaforce? Damn.
2: Uh it was it was on
0: a 3.8 on an impressive 3.8 <laughs> on IMDB. Hell yeah. Three dollars um, on Prime right now for it, a rental.
2: It it was a it was a staple on HBO on Saturday morning, six months after the movie tanked. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I was an impressionable seven-year-old. Uh
0: oh wow and it's a how Needham picture i am so intrigued
2: uh okay sorry uh, (laughs) we we ended up having to watch that movie every saturday morning uh when it was on hbo uh a couple years later uh we'll go with uh we'll call this a couple years later like 18 years later (laughs) uh bought it on vhs from a a video secondhand store super excited super excited uh Matthew's like, what are we watching tonight? I'm like, dude, I just watch Megaforce because I just bought it. He's like, "Uh, we're going to stay at the coffee shop till 4 a.m. So I don't have to watch that fucking
3: movie. (laughs) Uh, I
2: had
1: actually revisited it uh, because it was on cable one night and I had watched it and gone. Oh, what the fuck was the matter with us? (laughs) All right.
3: Uh, See, see, Gavin and I
0: Gavin and I start to have those conversations and I'm like, yeah, you know, but the the bloom might be off the rose and gavin is always right there with the same childhood energy of like "Nah, dude you're fucking rules he will never there are no like actual reassessments we just did super mario brothers on an episode we recorded last night i gotta be honest though i was fully prepared to be like this is trash on a rewatch loved it guys i'm just being honest it holds up it's not just nostalgia that movie is the Terry Gilliam of video game movies. It's fucking wild, and I it was a blast, dude. It's entertaining as hell. Yeah. Anyways,
2: and uh, that's hard, uh, that's hard go assessment. go
0: check out our two hour and forty five minute episode on Super Mario Brothers and Michael Clayton. Fantastic pairing. The magic of two by two. Yes.
2: Awesome. I think I could have done that double feature at one point in my life yeah <laughs> um, I, I, I don't see I,
0: it understandable. Um, well guys, I, I am looking forward to it. Uh, the listeners can keep an eye out for it. Uh, the way that iTunes and the various services update, uh, it probably won't be like up on the first on our our actual anniversary because they have to like authenticate. But usually, because we've had several pods up at this point, uh, but yeah, you can go for now. Check out the archive feed of of all the horror-centric stuff, and look forward to new episodes. Uh, and we will definitely be double posting our upcoming two by two retro review crossover episode that we mentioned earlier: Rocky and the Karate Kid. And Gavin yeah, will probably. be on that episode. He will definitely be there. So uh, look forward to that, everybody. But for now, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you once again to the Brothers Blanchard for joining me. Uh, I've been Noah.
2: I've been Matthew. I'm still Patrick.
0: And we've been some Blanchards, not all of them, but some of them. And we've been talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you all, or we will talk to you very, very soon.
1: Take care, everybody.